Hello everyone and welcome back to Unwiring Minds. Today we will be talking with Rakesh C. Jakadi, who will be explaining BCI and its applications. Yeah, hi, I'm Rakesh. I'm the CEO and the founder of Skydra Neurotech. I'm self-led in the field of Neurotech and have worked as a PC research scientist implementing various BCI systems. So today I would like to talk to you about the BCI BCIs and the application of non-invasive brain-computer interfaces. So a brain-computer interface is a system that acquires brain signals, analyzes them and translates them into commands that are related to output device to carry out desired actions. So these can be like controlling a cursor of a computer, controlling a robotic arm, controlling smart home devices. So where we essentially translate the electrical activity of a person, that's EEG, into actionable commands. So these EEG systems employ what's something called amplifiers. These EEG amplifiers amplifies the voltage, the signal is then filtered and the EEG signal is output on the screen. In principle, any brain signal could be used as a BC system. The most commonly studied signals are electrical signals from the brain activity measured from the skull. So that's called EEG, that's electroencephalography. A BC system consists of four components, that is signal acquisition, reprocessing, feature extraction, device output. The first part is a signal acquisition, where we have a system which will pick up the lateral activity from the scalp through electrode, then we amplify the signal in amplifier. So that's the first stage, signal acquisition. Then the second stage is the pre-processing, where we actually, the signal we, what we get from the EEG is the time series signal. We actually need to convert it into frequency domain to understand more about the uh, signal. So we actually do pre-processing, like extracting the signal, band passing, filtering it. So the third part is the feature extraction. Depending upon what type of output we are looking at, either we are looking at controlling a system or we are looking at understanding the emotion of a person, we extract the feature required. Then the fourth part is the device output, where we use to control some computer, a robot, or uh, outputting some emotion. So the EEG is in time domain, we do spectral analysis to understand more about EEG signal. The spectral analysis is one of the standard methods used for quantification of EEG. The PST, that is power spectral density, reflects the frequency content of the signal or distribution of signal over frequency. This will actually help us understand what uh, dominant power uh, at the time at the time the person is having. Like we can uh, classify the different frequency band into different categories. So we have five major classification that is delta, theta, alpha, beta, and gamma. So these actually differentiate how they differ them from themselves is they are allocated in different frequency bands. So they are in range of different bands. The delta falls between 0.5 to 4 hertz, theta between 4 to 8 hertz, alpha between 8 to 13 hertz, beta between 13 to 30 hertz, and gamma between 30 to 40 hertz. So different activities are associated with these different bands. So the beta can be associated with alert. So suppose a person is doing active thinking is away. So we can understand if the person's beta activity is high, it is dominant, we can understand the person's active. So the same way the alpha is associated with the sleep. So if the person is relaxing, suppose he's meditating, we can understand if the alpha is in dominant state, we can understand the person is actually meditating. If he goes beyond, if he has a high, dominant beta when he's relaxing, we can understand he's not relaxing properly. So the theta is associated with creativity, deep meditation, the delta is associated with deep sleep and gamma with cognitive processing. So this is the introduction about BCI. So then I would start talking about the applications of uh, non-invasive BCIs. 
So right now the situation of uh, VCS are so that those are bulky and we cannot use it for everyday activities. Like we need to have a helmet kind of thing where again people would find it distracting when they're using in day-to-day activities. So when we are able to condense it to, to a smaller thing where we can embed electrodes into everyday objects like on the glasses, on head caps. So we can turn everyday objects into DCS. So that is how we would start applying it into real world uh, application. So I would start uh, explaining each one of them. So emotion monitoring. So the user's premiums are picked up via the headphones, earphones, glasses. And then we can actually differentiate different emotions of a person by analyzing the EG of a person. We can then classify whether the person is focusing, either is distracted, either is relaxed or is engaged. So we can use this to understand and increase ourselves. So the use cases would be monitoring the focus and distraction in your work. Because if you're distracted and you're trying to work, the productivity may come low. So if you have a system where you can analyze and you can measure your focus and distraction, so you can understand how you can be focused better for longer period of hours. Then you can use this to understand a physical workout where you can understand the engagement because the uh, or athlete needs to engage in what he's doing. Then he will get the best of workout. So we can use this to understand whether it's engaging or he's getting fatigued. And then the later next application would be athlete performance monitoring, where the performance <coughs> can be monitored uh, through sessions. Then post-operative care for psychological and neurological conditions. So then again, the, the uh, good application would be where uh, drivers can wear a glass, which can pick up the drowsiness of a person by understanding the activity of a person. So if he has some drowsiness, we can alert to the user by giving an alarm, telling that he has to wake up. So then he'll give a feedback because this will help save a lot of effort because a lot of accidents happen because of drowsy drivers. The second application would be the cognitive enhancement. There is something called neurofeedback and uh, where we use our own brainwaves to train and improve ourselves. The neurofeedback is attracting renewed interest as a method to self-regulate one's own brain activity to directly alter the underlying mechanism and achieve something called neuroplasticity where a, a person can have a therapy where he is trained to increase his focus so we can understand if the person is focusing there's an activity of beta so if person is not able to focus for longer period of hours we can do some analysis and understand that person is not having much of beta activation so what we can do we can give him some games there's neurofeedback to under to let him allow play the character only when his beta goes above. So by this we can self-regulate and train his brain to stay in the beta activity. There's a concentrated focused area for longer hour. So this will actually help us to train our brain the longer duration, just like how meditation would help person to train himself. And we can generate a report based upon their neurofeedback uh, progress. So by evaluating the report, we give users self-improvement approaches to help them improve better. So the use cases would be increasing your focus and reducing distraction while work, focusing improvement during an esports, because again, that's a very big thing. And when you have a better focus, you're very good at going, doing what you're doing. So this would be a very good application for general public. So the third application is the mind control. So the EEG, by analyzing the EEG signal, we can understand the intent of a person, whether we can understand the person is, he wants something, We can if he wants to move, if he wants to uh, control a computer, if he wants to open an application. So the application would be helpful for people with disabled people. 
So where they cannot have they, their motor motor control is lost for ALS patient, they are bedridden. So they can actually move their uh, fingers or move more and much. So what we can do, we can use this system to use it to control a robot or control any activity of a computer. So there are different paradigms with which we can do mind control to understand the intent. Like we can use uh, something called VEP, Visual Evoke Potential, and AAP, Audio Evoke Potential, Motor Imagery, SSVEP, and Code Evoke, Visual Evoke Potential. With motor imagery, what we can understand is we place electrodes on the scalp of the brain where we on the motor cortex area. Because if you're if you move a hand, if you move a right hand, we can see a significant activity, brain activity, electrical activity happening in the left side of the motor cortex area. Because the right is associated with the left and left with the right. So the SN is actually found out if the person moves the hand, there's activity happening. And again, if the person just imagines of moving ahead, there is a similar activity, similar activation happening in the brain, but significant, not necessarily the same amount of power watts being activated when he's actually doing the action. So actually, we can use this to understand the intent. So we can just tell the user to imagine a movement, imagine moving right, imagine moving left. So we can actually pick up the information from the motor cortex area. So this is about motor, motor imagery. So yeah, we can use EEG to analyze the user intent and perform decent action. So that is mind control. So there are different ways to achieve this. So that is visual evoke potential, motor imagery, SSVEP. So with motor imagery, we, we understand the motor intent of a person. We can understand whether the person wants to move as, suppose, a right or left. We can pick up from the motor cortex area. And the second is the SSVP, where we can actually stimulate on the screen and then we can pick up the same stimulation frequency in the EG signals. So we can actually tag different components on the screen using different frequencies. Suppose there can be fold com component of the screen blinking at different frequencies. If suppose the person is looking at a 5 hertz frequency component, we can pick up the 5 hertz frequency component in the brain. Then we can understand the person is looking at that component. And then we can achieve mind control by understanding and controlling that component. We can use this and overlay that frequency blinking component and it can be on smart devices. Then the person just has to look at that device to just turn it on. So this is the mind control where the person doesn't have to do active thinking unlike the motor imagery. Because the use case for the mind control would be the patient disabilities who are bedridden. Again, doing some active thinking would be much of a problem. So uh, the best would be using stimulation to help them. So the use cases would be simply by thinking about it, you can control any smart home gadget and allow bedridden individuals at a second life by allowing them to control computers. And you can use this to actually communicate. You can overlay a SSCP keyboard then and you can just look at a uh, at a character of a uh, screen, character on the screen to understand and type whatever you want, and allow person with disability to communicate them with the with the family. So the fourth application will be the gaming. So the gaming has been has been getting a lot popular these days uh, with virtual reality and augmented reality. So the next step would be to increase the liveliness of the game by integrating the physical component, the physical component of a person, like integrating a heart rate, heartbeat. And right now we can we have systems where we can integrate the easy things into game. We can overlay like we can use the game components to change depending upon emotions. We can use a focus, we can use, use, using a, we can use fear component to actually change a component in the game. So, so, so that we can actively integrate BC and gaming. It's like we're not using BCI to control the game entirely. We can use this one BCI atop, on top of existing game devices. 
like a person could be playing a mind uh, minecraft game and minecraft or warcraft game so we can just code up something where we can understand a person wants to use a special power and we can just understand if a person is thinking of the power we can activate so that he won't have to click on any button to control it so it will be like um, making the game more interactive and what we can do is we can uh, do actions like uh, if a person can imagine like jumping and moving so we can translate that into game so that the person can just think about and move about a, a virtual world like how metaverse is trying to do so the best thing what we can do with metaverse is we can integrate our physical data so that just by thinking we can control an avatar in the uh, uh, virtual world because again you can control in the real world but again uh, robots but when you are doing metaverse it's very much safe and the use cases would be provide more control over the existing game controllers and mind control games in arcade games group play that would be really enjoyable and uh, the most important application would be remote patient monitoring so um, because if you look at brain health uh, most of the people overlook their brain health they tend to go unnoticed so we can use this to actually monitor the mood of a person so how we can help how doctors can uh, improve their patient uh, is by we can the doctors can use this devices for their patient treatment so suppose if the person is going undergoing any uh, uh, treatment so uh, any mental uh, illness treatment so they can have this headset with them so the doctor can give the headset to the uh, patients so they can give daily uh, our uh, daily uh, 10 minute or 20 minute brain data of a person so that the doctor will understand the real time data real time health improvement of a person because uh, what i know is so uh, the brain diagnostic tends to get costly and this is why again the doctors will uh, tell uh, we won't have any real time data on the patient's improvement whether it's improved or not again this will cause wrong diagnosis and uh, giving out lot of drugs so what so there will be wrong dosing of drugs so if the person if the doctor has the understanding of the improvement of the patient so he can give better drug dosing so by this we can save a lot of trillion dollars by actually saving on the drugs and even improving the patient by act, by getting the real time data of a person so the application use case would be a patient undergoing a therapy can be provided with eeg device and the clinic the clinic can can get real time insight brain remotely and post stroke patients the patient can use this to monitor and provide data because again the post stroke there's a chance of again stroke happening and there's a lot of complication this is the reason why patients are required to visit a lot of times after the stroke so again this turns kind of messy for the patients so due to again the pandemic we can do remote monitoring where the doctor will get all kinds of data whatever he needs from the comfort of the home and hospital workplace the like accenture has actually started doing this where they are actually monitoring the focus engagement distraction of a person so what we can do is we can actually help this to improve the productivity of our staff where we can understanding the burnout because if a person is working uh, for longer hours and if they have a burnout it will take longer for them to recover and the productivity of the work will go so what we can do we can actually predict the burnout happening before and we can give them uh, some some suggestion to improve themselves so that their productivity will increase so this will create a sense of uh, increase of productivity in the workplace so use cases would be we can monitor the focus distraction level while doing a task and again it would really help in 
corporate training because again the corporates actually spend a million dollars on corporate training so when the corporate training is being done we can actually understand whether the person being trained is uh, engaged or focused or distracted so that we can understand and get the feedback real time feedback on what that's it they are doing so the last application what i know is the neuromarketing so people will use a particular brand product for a wider reason one which is advertising so the way the product is presented to the user is has an effect on its acceptance which is why a great deal of effort is should be put in the product design and ui ux so because product design and enhancement are only based on user feedback there is a risk that they will be overlook numerous suggestions so bc will aid them in product design so the use cases would be enhance the aesthetic of product by changing its shape or color by understanding the emotion of a person when he looks at the product so then enhance web pages by gaining an insight of the consumer preference where we can improve our ui ux and improve the video content by in- in- engaging more people and we can do each analysis of television commercial in both commercial and non- political sectors and a lot of companies are actually working in the neuromarketing right now uh, the most companies what they are actually working right now are neuromarketing and healthcare so the application would be like uh, workplace monitoring remote motion patient monitoring not many people are working but right now uh, the uh, the science and technology is being advanced so that the chips are being miniaturized so that the bulky system once what we had right now it is getting into size of size of a palm of hand so that we can start using it everyday activity so then the, the next advancement what we need to take this forward is we need uh, sense eeg sensors but right now the sensors are like sharp and pointy because the earlier sensors were gel based sensors to get a good con- contact we need gel sensors so again it was kind of messy so the advent of dry sensors came in but again the dry sensors have a problem where a person will feel uncomfortable uncomfortable if he uses for a longer hours so right now what we what research is much needed is we need soft electrodes where there are soft structure we can pick up the electrodes better than that so once we have soft electrodes i think we can just embed a sensor thing about just any objects so that is what needs needed for uh, the whole large scale application of neurotech in large scale sounds great thank you so much for everything that you've been able to share today on this episode and just for all the listeners i hope all of this advice is applicable to your life or at least in your interest and I'll see you next time.